0: If you have a Bible and you want to follow along, open it up to John chapter 18. John, the fourth of the four biographies that we have of Jesus. First four books of the New Testament. And we will be looking in John 18 and some other places, but it's going to take us a few minutes to get there. We are beginning a new series today, and it's entitled trustworthy, why truth matters, and we're going to take some time over the next several weeks to explore the relationship between truth and trust and why it's important. It's it's just a simple fact of life that you and I put our trust in many things every single day. It's a normal part of life. It's actually a necessary part of life. We couldn't live without doing that. And most of the time, we just kind of assume that whatever we're putting our trust in, whatever thing that is or person that is, um, that that thing is true, that it's reliable, it's dependable, it's, it's worthy of our trust and I want us to think about that because most of the time we don't. We just assume. We put our trust in people and things without giving it much thought at all. Uh, think about, for example, driving over a bridge. Okay, we have lots of bridges around here. It, Not that one. <laughs> but we have lots of bridges. And uh, occasionally, during the summer, Karen and I drive up to... Yale Lake it's about an hour north of here on the Lewis River and to go the way we go at one point we drive over a one-lane bridge and right before you get to that bridge there's this sign that warns you not to exceed the maximum weight capacity for that bridge I have driven over that bridge dozens of times not once have I ever stopped and carefully read that sign? And not once have I ever wondered, hmm, I wonder if the engineers who designed this bridge got the numbers right. I mean, what, if, what if somebody just accidentally added a zero? And, and so instead of the capacity being 50,000 pounds, let's say, it's only 5,000 pounds. My Suburban weighs 6,000 pounds. Or maybe those who built the bridge took some shortcuts, used inferior grade steel to save money. Or maybe the people that inspect the bridge, maybe the bridge is starting to fall apart and the the guy who came to inspect it from the highway department had a headache that day and he just didn't want to be bothered. By the way, I'm not implying that any of these things are actually true, but I don't think about it. I just... Drive over, and assume it's going to hold me. So far, so good. You and I exercise that kind of trust countless times every single day. We we put our faith, we put our trust in in things and in people that we simply assume that to be trustworthy. We assume they're telling the truth. We assume that the truth they're telling us is something we can rely on. Truth is like that. Truth is not just some abstract thing out there somewhere you know, that has no connection to real life. Truth is very practical. We rely on truth all the time, whether we think about it, whether we realize it or not. I'll give you another example. Traffic signs, signs that say stop, or one way, or do not enter. Wouldn't you agree that traffic signs are pretty practical? I mean, we rely on them every day to keep us safe out there on the roads. We, we, uh, well, I've never, I've, never, I've never known anybody to get all philosophical when they come to a stop sign. They don't sit there and go, huh, well, the sign says stop, but who's to say what stop really means? You know, what if, what if I personally don't believe in stopping? What's stopping for you may not be stopping for me. I believe I only have to stop if it's right for me. Nobody does that. I mean, sure, there are people who ignore stop signs. But you know that if you do, you could get a ticket, or you could get in a wreck, because every driver knows that stop means stop. It doesn't mean whatever. So it's a very practical thing to believe that there is such a thing as the true meaning of a stop sign we rely on traffic signs to mean something that's true, something that's real, something we can rely on. Okay, but here's the question. Here's the question we're going to deal with in this series. What about the rest of life? What about other issues where we don't all agree, like we do about traffic signs? You see, somebody could say, well, yeah, okay, you're talking about traffic signs being true, but they're, they're really only true in the sense that we've all just agreed on what they mean. So they're only true by consensus. And people in another culture might make a different decision. In that culture, they might decide that stop means go. And so our signs would not be true for them. Stop doesn't always mean stop. Okay, so what about it? Are there things in life that always mean one thing and not another thing? Are there things in life that are always true or always false, always right, always wrong? That's a big question. That's a very practical question. And there are intense, huge, emotional, life-impacting decisions that depend on how you answer that question, that depend a great deal on what you think the truth is. I mean, just consider a few of the most controversial subjects in our culture today. Like the definition of marriage. The meaning of male and female. Whether abortion is a right or an injustice. The question of race and how we should think about it. Is a grave threat, or a big conspiracy. How you answer those questions, how you deal with those issues, depends a great deal on what you think the truth is. Is there such a thing as truth that we can know, that we can rely on in thinking about such things? If there is, Can we know what it is? Can we know the truth? Is there truth we can rely on? Where in the world do we start? Where do we start? Well, if you're a follower of Jesus, the best place to start is always with Him. And if you're here today and you're not, or you're tuning in and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, maybe listening to what He says about truth will help you decide. That would be my prayer. So we are going to look at a statement that Jesus made to a man who in many ways represents the thinking of this world. Uh, Jesus here is being interrogated by a man named Pontius Pilate. Pilate was a Roman governor and uh, he is the one who presided over the trial of Jesus and ultimately sentenced him to death on a cross. So, in this conversation, Pilate is trying to figure out who this Jesus guy is, what he's up to, and trying to figure out what to do with him. And in the midst of this dialogue between the two of them, Jesus makes a remarkable statement. This is John 18, verse 37. Then Pilate said to him, So, you are a king. Jesus answered, You say, and the implication here is rightly so, you say rightly that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice so to the question is there truth we can rely on jesus says yes yes there is and he says yes in the strongest possible way you know he's he's not just throwing out some casual off-the-cuff statement here he's not talking about something trivial he's talking about the very reason he was born He says, for this reason I have come into the world to bear witness, to testify to the truth. So just think about that for a minute. Think about what he's saying. He's saying, for this purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God left the glory of heaven. For this purpose, though he was God, he became man. For this purpose, he was born in Bethlehem, he grew up in Nazareth, he chose twelve apostles, he taught multitudes of people, he healed the sick, he cast out demons, he performed miracles, and he allowed himself to be interrogated by petty tyrants like Pilate, and ultimately be condemned to death, die on a cross and rise from the dead, for this... To proclaim, to affirm, to uphold, to live out the truth, and to enable his followers to do the same. All of that is wrapped up in this statement I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Now, maybe. Maybe if that were the only thing Jesus ever said about truth, we would have an excuse, possibly, for saying, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a big abstract statement. Not sure exactly what he means. Maybe we'd have an excuse for for not really knowing, you know, being a little fuzzy on the subject. But the fact is, Jesus said a lot more than that. So let me just give you some other verses John 4:24 God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. John 8:31 He says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 16:13 He said to his apostles, When the Spirit of Truth comes, meaning the Holy Spirit of God, when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. John 17, 17, Jesus is praying. He's praying for His followers and He says, Sanctify them, that is, set them apart, make them holy by the truth. Your Word is truth. And then He said this, John 14, 6, maybe the most astounding statement of all, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's pretty hard to miss, isn't it? Jesus clearly wants us to believe that there is something that's called the truth. And that knowing that truth is really important. It's critical. Because he connects truth to worship. He connects truth to freedom. He connects truth to the Holy Spirit of God. He connects truth to holiness. He connects truth to life. Would you not agree with me that those things are pretty uh, practical and important? Now, I'm sure that some of you are sitting there thinking, <laughs> this is so glaringly obvious. This is like a big, gigantic, duh. Of course there's such a thing as the truth. Everybody knows that. No, they don't. No, they do not. Not everybody knows that, or at least not everybody says they know that or believes that. In fact, this idea, this idea that there is There is truth that is always and everywhere true. That is a minority opinion in our world today. I mean, that's an opinion rejected by many people, including many influential and powerful people. I just want you to see, I want you to realize that that minority view is the view held by Jesus. But the popular point of view is very different. Is there truth to rely on? Our culture says no. No, there isn't. Now, getting back to Jesus and Pilate, Jesus says, I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And then we get Pilate's response. And Pilate makes a really good spokesman here for uh, the majority of you today. Verse 38, Pilate says to him, What is truth? Now, if you didn't know any better, you might think that Pilate's asking a sincere question here. Kind of like, oh, really? Okay, Jesus, you know, I've always wanted to know what the truth is. I'm eager to find out. I'm listening. Tell me, what is truth? You might think that. You'd be wrong. That's not what he means here. What he means is... When he says, what is truth, what he means is, give me a break. Give me a break. Who can even say what the truth is? Who even knows? I don't believe there is such a thing as truth. And that's the answer of our culture, by and large, today. No, of course, there's no such thing as truth that's true for everyone course not there's what's true for you there's what's true for me there's what's true today but probably won't be true tomorrow there's true there's what's true if it works but no there's no such thing as things that are always true everywhere true now so that's the prevailing view of our time and that's a view called moral relativism relativism in other words it's all relative truth is relative and it fills our culture the way water fills a swimming pool it's everywhere it saturates our environment it's so common it's very easy to miss to not even notice it because it's just there it's just everywhere what is relativism well, I want to explain it with a story I heard. It's, it's not a true story. It's fictional. You'll figure that out pretty quickly. Um, but it's, it's still great at, I think, making the point. And I heard this story from Sam Erickson, who is the founder of the Christian Legal Society, a, uh, Christian, an organization of Christian lawyers. And one of the things I loved about listening to Sam is that he tells great lawyer jokes. So that's a good sign. So he tells this story, he says, there there once was a king, an elderly king who had no heir and so he needed to find someone and appoint them to be the successor to his throne. And being a good king, he wanted someone with integrity, someone he could trust, someone with common sense. And so they, you know, went throughout the kingdom, and they, they narrowed it down to three candidates, a mathematician, a philosopher, and a lawyer. It's at this point, you know, it's not a true story. Okay. So, he, it comes down to these three guys, and he's going to ask them each one question. What is 2 plus 2? So he starts with a mathematician. Tell me, what is 2 plus 2? And the mathematician replies, well, your highness must understand. It depends if you're using a base 10 counting system and whether you limit yourself to whole numbers. But I suppose that if I were pressed, I could say that 2 plus 2 equals 4. Thank you. Then he brings in the philosopher. And says, tell me, what is two plus two? And the philosopher replies, What is two? What is the tuness of two? Your Majesty must understand these are very deep waters. But I suppose if pressed I could say two ness plus two-ness equals fourness. He said, thank you. And then he brings in the lawyer. Tell me, what is two plus two? And the lawyer looked at him and said, what does your majesty want it to be? <laughs> That's relativism. That's relativism. Truth is whatever you want it to be. Is it right or wrong to lie? Depends. Is it right or wrong to steal? It depends. Is abortion a right or an injustice? It depends. Is marriage the union of one man and one woman? It depends. It all depends. The important thing is that you get to choose. Choose. Truth is not a lighthouse standing at the seashore to which all of us must adjust our course lest we end up on the rocks. Truth is modeling clay. And you get to mold it into any shape you want. And if you're thinking... Ah, come on. Nobody really believes that. Consider the following quote by U.S. Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy in the 1992 decision called Casey, which upheld abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy. He says this. This is in that decision, and I am not making this up. Quote, At the heart of liberty, liberty, freedom, this is the heart of freedom, is the right, the right to define, the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. In other words, freedom is self-defined. You get to define it. You get to define how you want to exist. You get to define meaning. You get to define what the universe is. You get to define what human life is. Is that a human life? I get to decide. Because if you don't get to define it, he says, you're not truly free. Now, maybe that would seem funny if if we didn't know he was serious. Because honestly, I have a hard time seeing him use this line in everyday life, like using this line on a cop if he ever gets pulled over for running a stop sign. And he says, well, officer, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of meaning. And my concept of meaning is that stop really means whatever works for me. Can't see him saying that. So I might think, yeah, that's, that's a good joke there, Justice Kennedy. He's not joking. This stuff is everywhere. This is the prevailing idea of our culture. That if you don't get to define meaning, if you don't get to define existence, if you don't get to define liberty, if you don't get to define human life, then you're not truly free. Now we're going to look more closely at this as we go on in weeks to come, but you just have to realize that if you go with what Jesus says about the truth, you're not only going to be out of sync with our culture many people will consider you to be not only misguided but evil they'll consider you misguided because well come on there's no there's no god to tell us what the truth is and even if there were there's no way of knowing what he really thinks so you're misguided you're deluded but it's worse you're you're actually evil because if you claim to believe in truth that's always true for everyone well then people will regard you as intolerant and intolerance is the worst sin you can commit in our age now there is such a thing as healthy tolerance by all means but this is how this works if you say If you were to say, okay, regarding such and such, this is what I believe the truth is, but hey, you're free to believe whatever you want on that. What's true for me is not necessarily true for you. It's not binding on you. You can believe whatever you want. If you say that, well, then you're humble and you're good. But if you say, "Ah, you know, there are some things, there are some things, there are some truths that are true for everyone regardless of what you think. Well, if you say that, you're arrogant, you're intolerant, and therefore you're evil. Because this very idea of truth is seen... Okay, see, this is seen as the very root of bigotry and prejudice. Because if you wouldn't be so pig-headed and insist that some things are always true, well, then hatred would cease, intolerance would cease. I mean, yeah, tolerance would flourish and peace would prevail. And the more people believe that, the more they will try to silence Jesus and His message. Because Jesus says there is such a thing as truth, and there is truth that is always true. Now, I want to give you two caveats to what I just said. Two important qualifications. The first is, Sometimes people react to this idea of, that there's truth not mainly because of the idea, but because of the presentation, because those who are presenting it are being so obnoxious and unloving and unkind and disrespectful. That's not how Jesus told us to talk about the truth. We're told to speak the truth in love. There's never an excuse for treating anybody with disrespect, ever. The second caveat is this. I'm not saying, and Jesus is not saying, that every single thing is either good or bad, black or white. Okay, there are some things, because Jesus doesn't teach that, the Bible doesn't teach that, there are some things about which the Bible says, let each be convinced in his or her own mind. There are some things which can be wrong for one person and not be wrong for someone else. Some things, but not all things. Not all things. Some things are good or bad. Some things are right or wrong. Some things are true or false. How do I know? Because Jesus said so. And there are huge things at stake here. This is part of what's motivating this series because people are making choices every single day, big choices, based on the belief or with the belief, with the assumption that there is no ultimate truth. That we can rely on. There is no ultimate standard that we're accountable to. There is no ultimate meaning. And so they are making these huge life-altering choices and it's not leading them to freedom. It's leading to destruction. The consequences of believing that there is no truth that we can rely on, the consequences are massive and they're devastating. And so if we're, if we're going to love people, if we are going to love people the way Jesus told us to, we're going to need to follow his lead and we're going to need to bear witness to the truth in love. In love. So the question for us all to consider, are we prepared to do that? Are you convinced Are you convinced that there's truth we can rely on? Our culture says no. Jesus says yes. What are you going to say? That's what we'll be exploring. Let's pray together. Father in heaven. You sent Your Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. And He told us that Your Word is truth. He told us He is the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we have much to learn and we need great humility. And we pray You'd make us a people who are truthful and merciful. Kind, generous, respectful. Father, may we not be about winning arguments. May we be about winning people. Help us understand the difference. Help us receive your truth with joy. Help us as we pursue it. We pray.